The Father's Discipline. Today is Father's Day. We know that. And uh, once again, we welcome all fathers in our worship gathering. And we honor all fathers today. For the children, the Bible said, honor your father and your mother, that all may go well with you. It did not put any conditions, whether is he a good dad or bad dad. It just says, honor your father and your mother. Like every human father, though, we need wisdom from God. Fathers, if you will admit it with me, there were many times we did not know what to do. And we did not know what we were doing. And after doing some things, we think, did I do the right thing? Did I speak to my children the right way? Did I make the decision for the future of our family? If you haven't felt that, I hope you do. Because fathers who are concerned, deeply concerned, would go through those moments. The only things we could do is to pray for God's intervention. God, please take care of my family. In the midst that I am imperfect as a father, but you are the perfect God. So one is to pray for God's intervention. And two is to study God's word for his wisdom. Yes, the word of God gives us wisdom on, on, on about him. The more we know about God, the more we understand what it is to be a father. In fact, the whole book of the Bible reveals the character of God in Christ and even in the Old Testament. When we study the stories of the Bible, when we study the principles of the Bible, the theology behind the Bible, we understand God more. And I think that is important in a relationship. There is no relationship if you do not desire to know about the other person. There is that knowledge and the more we know about each other, the closer we are actually. That's why they say, sometimes you don't feel it, but it's true that family is the closest because your family knows more about you than anybody else. Not everybody sees the way you wake up. Some of you wake up with a smile in your face. Thank God for a new day. Some of you wake up grumpy. It's another day. And uh, your family sees that. Your family sees when you're so happy helping them or when you're so grumpy helping them. The more we know about each other, the more intimate we are. The more patient we should be towards each other. God knows us so well, but we may know God through his word. Today, we revisit the book of wisdom uh, known as Proverbs. There are other books of wisdom in the Bible. Another is Ecclesiastes. Another is Job. Um, Proverbs is one of them. In the text we read a while ago, it shows us that God disciplines us because of his love. May we have that again, the text. God disciplines us because of his love. We are aware of his love, yes. But I pray that we would become aware of his discipline. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord. 
or loathe. Do not despise his correction, his reproof. And verse 12, for whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Take note that uh, for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. And even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. There are embedded principles here that are very important. Though we are aware of God's love, I pray that we become aware of God's discipline because that is one way that God shows his love to us. The word discipline in the Hebrew is musar. Musar meaning to chastise, to warn, to instruct, to restrain, to check, and to rebuke. Let me read that again. The meaning of discipline is to chastise, to warn, to instruct, to restrain, to check, and to rebuke. Yes, fathers, as most mothers would uh, be the ones with the biggest heart in the home. When something goes wrong, her heart goes out to her children. She's the first one to pick the child up and even clean the wounds. First to have compassion, and that is expected. Fathers, what is expected of you? To discipline the children. Yes, I'm sorry, but most of the time you will be the bad guy at home. Good cop, bad cop, right? So if mother becomes bad cop, always being the bad cop, it means you're not doing your job. Hello? Please do not blame the fathers today. It is Father's Day. You can start tomorrow, all right? <laughs> you can start talking to us tomorrow, but today is our day. We want to feel honored. But me as a fellow father, allow me, this is the best time for me to share the honor we have to represent Christ or God to our children, but also the biblical standard given to us. Our love should be, discipline should be part of our love. And uh, some people think, some fathers think, I'd rather not correct my son to make sure our relationship is okay. You know how distorted that thinking is. Here's, let me tell you this. It's true that you discipline your son always without showing them why and you don't show them love and encouragement. It is true. You will create an imbalance in the scale. That is why it is good to encourage your children. And at the same time, you can discipline them because you are the greatest encourager at home as well. You can do it, son. I am here with you. You may not be good in this area, but you shine in this area, son. And I am here to help you. There must be encouragement from us so that we may discipline them as well. You see, our society, because of social media, is catching up with the West so fast. Once upon a time, without social media and without the internet, we were 10 years behind the U.S. in terms of the loose morals. It took 10 years before it reached the Philippines. Now it's very fast. It's just right there. The way they think already infects the young today. And you know, in the West, let me tell you something. In the West, especially America, 
It's like this. Parents are always blamed because that's the psychology they teach there. Parents are always blamed. So when, when the father disciplines so much, children get angry at the right time when they're adults. You ruined my life because you disciplined me so much and the father did not discipline them much. Children would say, you ruined my life because you did not discipline me so much. Uh, yes, they are never satisfied really. So what do we need to do? Well, one thing, accept that you will be blamed one way or the other. Next is to pray and ask God for wisdom. That we say the right words at the right time. We act the right way at the right time. And it is not easy. For those of you judging your fathers, take note. What you sow, you shall reap. One day you will be fathers. One day you will say, Dad was right. When you were kids, Dad is always right. Then you became teenagers. No, Dad is not always right. And then you become young adults. I think Dad has a point. Now that you had children of your own, maybe I should consult Dad first. Uh, such is the process. That's why for me, if I were asked, would you want your, your children to have families uh, one day? Or I mean, uh, how soon do you want them to have families? I think if they are qualified, if they can provide for their families, the sooner the better. That's for me. Why? We could have a bonding of how it is to be a father, right? Especially, and I'm still young, not that old, and they would have teenagers immediately. And they would ask, Dad, how did you do it? How did you manage me? Ah. Yes, we have to chastise. We have to warn them. If you behave this way, the result is this way. We have to instruct. This is what the Bible says. We have to restrain. Please don't say that. That's not proper. Do not speak to ladies like that. Do not act that way. We have to check them. How are you, son? How are your relationships? And at times, we have to rebuke them. You know, we don't have to be, you know, I'm a male, and I don't like prying into somebody's business. So what do we do, fathers? We are secret agents. We try to monitor our children while pretending not to. Dad, you know what happened? No, what happened? But you actually know what happened. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. I understand, son. Okay, this is what we should do. <laughs> Similar to pastoring. Oh, yes, I monitor you. Oh, creepy pastor. No, that's part of my job. I pray for you. I pray that the Lord would shape us into his image. So what do I do? I always ask how you are, and I pray for you, not to judge you, because I myself am imperfect. I am imperfect as you are imperfect. The thing is, we need to pray for one another. So turning it back to the Lord, the Lord disciplines us. He chastises us. He warns us. He instructs us. He restrains us. He checks us, and he rebukes us. And sometimes it would be painful when God disciplines us. But that kind of pain is better. Yes, there are times that, that uh, the Holy Spirit will try to remind you. You are crossing the line, son, daughter. You're crossing the line. Don't cross the line. 
And sometimes because we are so stubborn, we cross the line and sin anyway. And at times we do it habitually crossing the line. So the Holy Spirit gently corrects you, gently reminds you. He, uh, he touches your shoulder gently. And still, because of the stubbornness of our hearts, what happens? He hits us hard. Boom. Then he, we suddenly give our attention to him. And sometimes he does that. Some of the pain in our lives is because of the wrong things we've done. And the continuous bad habit, the result would be God's discipline upon us. So if God loves you, he will discipline you. If he doesn't care, then you have been given up to the wrath of God. The worst thing a father can do to a son is ignore when you don't care. You just care about your life, your work. I know you love your children, that's why you work. But if all we do is give no attention, then that is not representing God. What children need is investment time. And that time doesn't have to be hours and hours and hours. It could even be a few minutes every day just showing concern about how are you? How can I help you? Show me how. You see, even consulting them. At times I consult my family. You see, we have this problem. What do you think? Well, I'm trying to develop critical reasoning so that they can think properly, so that when I'm gone, they can think properly on, or make decisions of their own. So I console them, what do you think? And sometimes we draw it up, and sometimes, at first they had no opinion whatsoever, but as time goes on, they begin to develop their opinions. And, uh, and now I have to check that each one must be humble about their opinion. Because one true sign of a mature leader is you may have an opinion, others may have an opinion. It's not a contest of which opinion is the best. It is a synthesis of what is the best for the situation. And that is a true leader. I hope you stop fighting on whose opinion is the best and rather focus on the synthesis of the opinions of the suggestions until you find what works. That's why, fathers, do not train your children to be always competitive. Some competitive nature is good in sports because the world is competitive. But if everything is treated as a competition, that person one day in the future will create lots of conflict. That's why I do not agree that everybody should be competitive. Parents, if you're always competitive to the smallest thing, I say, please adjust your parenting style. Don't always say to your children, kaya mo din yan, talunin mo. If it's not their gift, if it is not God's talent and gift to them, allow to find their own gifts and allow them to be the best in that area where they are so excellent at. So please do not force them into be a scientist if they can't even understand the periodic table. Number one, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not be weary of it. We say, thank you, Lord. When he causes pain to us, we say, thank you, Lord. I will learn my lesson. 
heal me immediately. I have learned it. I will not do it again. Well, we don't know if we can guarantee that, but you, with all your heart, don't do it again. With all your heart, strive not to do it again. There is enough evidence in Scripture that God disciplines His people. God disciplined individuals and nations. So if you sowed evil, trust me that you will reap evil. If you did something wrong to others, especially if you did it intentionally, the divine law is established. What you sow, you shall reap. It will come back to you. So what can you do? Settle it with God immediately. Settle it with God immediately. Number two, the Lord reproves whom he loves. The beautiful thing is God's love is new every morning. Even as he disciplined you today, his love is new every morning. His discipline is not without his love. That is true fatherhood. When we discipline, it is out of love. It is out of concern because we want to shape our children to be the people they were meant to be. That's why fathers do it out of love. Please discipline your children. And please be open. I am so open to my brothers and sisters here about if ever you see that my children or future grandchildren uh, misbehaves, even though they're very small, please do whisper to me. And, but please do not be judgmental because your children are not perfect either. Let us just not be judgmental towards each other and understand that each one can help each one. For example, it may be little things for me that I'd like my children to be disciplined in. There are times I prefer that when they eat, I don't want to see a cell phone there. It's, it's lunchtime, dinner time, please, no cell phones. Unless you have a multi-million peso deal, then let's all wait for it, right? But if it's nothing, it's just that, that aggressive girl, put it aside, let her wait uh, for crying out loud. Do not let that person disturb our family time. I am so peculiar with these things. And when we're eating, I don't, me personally, I don't want them chewing with their mouth open. Mm, for up. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, I, I said one day you might dine with heads of state, and that is not the etiquette there. That's what you do in a barbecue with friends. Oh, really good. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, that's good in family gatherings. But to train them, I said you might forget when you're in front one day God brings to you before heads of states and, and then or to important people or you're making a deal and then you chew like a person who has not eaten for days. Uh, that they might remember that more rather than your idea. For me, uh, that is an important thing. So these little things are important. I want them to greet people who are older than them, the parents of their friends. I want them to greet them. Whatever they're doing, say hello. Or in Bicolano culture, and most Filipino provincial culture is, you bless, right? Of course, many of us middle-aged men do not want them to bless. We feel older. So at least say greet them. At least if they don't want that, greet them and say good morning. 
If they fail to greet you, you can tell me. Well, please do teach your children to greet their pastor. Ah, no etiquette. I'm busy. Pastor passes by. Do not disrespect your pastor. You just say, hello, pastor. Hello, Tito Ed, Kuya Ed. Ah, shy culture is not good for respect. When you see each other, teach them to be friendly. You know why? One of the things that have been studied again and again in terms of, of success values, it's not really IQ. So some of you parents dying hard for your children to have straight A's, let me just tell you this. It is friendliness and humility. That creates so much contact. Some of you very successful here already. Did anybody ask your grade in chemistry when you were in grade seven or grade six? Did anybody ask that? We actually don't care. Even if you were valedictorian, we don't care. If I'm your business contact, I care about can you deliver and can we be okay? Can our chemistry work? Or you, you're, the memory of you makes my blood boil because I don't like your antiques. Uh, your suplado or suplada. So it's friendliness at the same time mastering a few skills. It's building connections. Friends, teach your children to be friendly. Teach them to be sociable. And I say double the effort because of what? The gadgets are in the way. They'd rather be sociable to somebody half around the world or somebody who's not there rather from the person that is in front of them. So much studies have been made, and you can, you can search it. You can search the journals. You can go to the academia and say, can you give me journal articles, scientific academic articles that connect gadgets and intelligence, gadgets and sociability, gadgets and suicide rate, I tell you. There is a correlation, some would say. There seems to be a correlation with gadgets and suicide. Children, when we reprimand you to lessen the gadgets, please, it is out of love. We say it. When I say you're too much whole day in front of that, playing that thing. Change, read something. Go out, talk to people, real people. We do it out of love. Well, the harder part, ladies and gentlemen, fathers, is being a model. Can you say model? model. And I don't mean a ramp model. I do mean a model in life, somebody who can look up to. Nobody will be perfect, but at least a large part of our lives, our children can say, I can follow that. I respect that. It's not 10%. Fathers, learn not to say this on your deathbed. Do not follow my example. Just follow what I said to you, please. I hope you will not say that on your deathbed. Because we usually forget what people say, but we do not forget what we see. So as fathers, I pray in the name of Jesus, we can say one day, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I have followed Christ. I may not be perfect, but a large part of my life, please follow in the name of Jesus. 
And that is not bragging because Paul the Apostle said that. Follow me as I follow Christ. There is yet time to be a model, my friends. It's never too late as long as we have breath. As long as we can breathe, fathers. There is still hope to leave a mark. At least we can say we ended well. If we did not start well, at least we can end well. Number three, an earthly father reproves a son in whom he delights. A father should delight in his children, and a father should reprove his children. What is unacceptable is indifference and abuse. How can fathers abuse their children? Do not degrade your children. Do not speak words that, will, uh, that insult them. Do not classify them. You know, one of the things I've read recently about two kinds of mindset, the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. The fixed mindset says, I am this kind of person. These are my skills, period. These are, this is who I am, period. So these are my skills, period. These are not my skills, this is it, period. That's a fixed mindset. And usually the people with fixed mindsets will achieve a certain level of, of success in their relationships and even in their career and then flatten out. They never go beyond a certain level. The growth mindset is, well, this is what I am now. This is who I am now. But, you know, I can improve. I can learn that. Oh, can you still learn... Uh, Coding, oh yeah, I can learn that. Can you still learn writing? Oh yeah, I can learn that. It just needs time. That is a growth mindset. Can you still learn to be a good father? Yes, if we have a growth mindset. But if we have a fixed mindset, uh, no, I'm no longer adjustable. This is who I am. I hope you will not have that. And please, when I heard my children when they were young saying those kinds of reasons, I'm not that kind of person. I'm this kind of person. I had to break it immediately. I don't know where it came from. I'm sure from some friends or some other family. But I had to break it. I say, please don't say that. Because you can be much more. We don't know God's plan. But if you have a growth mindset, if you say, I'm not this right now, but I can learn that. Having a growth mindset has expanded the, my horizons by God's grace because I learned it from others as well. The desire that I can learn, therefore, if I invest enough time. When I was young, I liked math, according to my mother. I can't remember. Maybe I do remember a little bit. I like mapping out geography, they say. Uh, although that's hard for me to remember. The good, the good thing we have mothers, amen? A little segue to the mothers. Mothers remember what most fathers would forget, right? Uh, so my mother remembered that. Then somehow along the way, I lost it because I focused on a course that is largely on communication. My course in UP Los Banos was communication. And at first, uh, some talked to me and said, you have no job after that. Uh, mass media is so, the industry is so small, you might not have a job after that. Uh, but my father corrected that. He said, no, actually, it's a different. So many doors will open because you know how to communicate. And you know, he's right. So I trusted him. I did that. And I realized every door I knocked on opened at me because I could explain myself. 
I could explain my vision, my desire, my goals. I can, I can counteract any, any opposition and, and package it in a way that people would agree and doors have opened. We must encourage our children to have a growth mindset. Well, we must have a growth mindset. You think you can learn anything? Oh, you have to believe it. You know, the, shall I go back to Genesis 1, the image of God in us? I, I don't want to go back there. Review the, the tape. Review the, uh, the video. It's amazing. The power of God, the creative power of God within man. But if we limit ourselves, it's also true. In Christ, you know, in Jesus, uh, uh, a group of blind beggars said, uh, uh, Lord. And Jesus said, what do you want? We want to see. And he said, be it done according to your faith. They believed they could see. They will be able to see. And they saw. But if you keep limiting yourself without a growth mindset. In this day and age, English is a big factor. One day, Mandarin will be a big factor. Don't you think so? Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe Spanish still, uh, the three most spoken languages on earth. You think you can learn any of those languages very well? I was meeting this 70-year-old. It was amazing. He was explaining to me finance, and he was operating the Excel so well. This happened in... In the early 2000, one of my father's friends, he's, he's already gone, he's passed away. But I was just so amazed seeing a 70-year-old so proficient with Excel. You know what Excel is, right? He's so proficient. And some of us only know how to add and subtract in Excel, right? Some of us don't even know how to formulate that. We just use it as a, another word, right? To make tables. I said, oh. I said, this guy's amazing. He's 70 plus, and he still learned it. Well, I believe he decided I'm not an old dog who cannot learn new tricks. So I ask you here, are you an old dog that cannot learn new tricks? Or are you a dog at all? <laughs> are you a human that can still learn new stuff? Or you are a human who have already classified himself, this is me. I'm not good in speaking, therefore, I will never learn to speak. You have fixed your mindset. Or I am so introvert that I can never learn to socialize. You have fixed your mindset. But if you say, I'm an introvert, but I can shake a few hands. My parents would remember that I was extremely shy. To a point, sometimes in my Briggs and Myers exam, uh, my introvertness will still manifest. I would still find myself being an introvert. Then I became 50-50. 50% introvert, 50% extrovert. What's an extrovert? One who, one who finds energy in the crowd. Hi, how are you? Huh? Your, name, your name is Christine, right? Oh, sorry, Christopher. Okay. Uh, uh, so that's the extrovert. The introvert is observe, 
and only select a few that you believe who would not ask you too many questions. I wasn't comfortable with the crowd, but I said, Lord, for the gospel's sake, I shall be. So I came to my class. I said, I have to share the gospel. In UP Lisbonia, so I shared the gospel to four people. They believed. My only guideline was the book of Acts. What happened? They were gathered into communities. So I said, can we gather together so I can share you the word together? So we gathered them, four or five of them. And that group became hundreds and right now thousands. Just because I took the courage to share the gospel, even though I was so uncomfortable with it. Well, fathers, one, let us not abuse our children. Let us love our children. But the worst thing is to be indifferent. You know, indifferent, you, you don't care. Oh, lalaki din yan. Oh, matututo din yan. You have to be part of, of at least a coach or at least a cheerleader the least, okay? Go, son, go, go, go. So, son, who punched you in the face? Who did that? Be a coach. Okay, I'll coach you. Let's invite that guy to the boxing ring in three months. Let me talk to the father. No, I'm not saying you do that. <laughs> but that's something I would do personally. I don't want my children bullying others, but if there is a bully who tries to touch them, I said, don't fight them on the streets. It's not safe. Let's fight them in the ring with a referee. <laughs> Application, acknowledge that the Lord disciplines us and will continue to discipline us. His purpose is to shape us to the person he called us to be. The wise thing to do is to align ourselves to his will. We ought to learn the lessons he teaches us. Never get tired of it. Well, you have the free will not to listen to God. But remember, I believe in the God of Jonah. You can either go to Nineveh, as I told you, God says. Let, I'm paraphrasing. Or go to Nineveh in a big fish. In the belly of a big fish, which is slimy, full of acid. If that were today, full of plastic. And you will be there three days and, and that big fish will spit you out of Nineveh. No style, huh? All saliva covered. And perhaps you would lose your hair because of the acid of the fish in the belly. Or you can do there, nicely dressed, and, and go and preach. You must repent of your sins. Repent. You can align to God or not but the consequences we must face. One of the things we learned in the Roman road is God is sovereign. You know, the road sovereign is a very important doctrine in Scripture. And if we misunderstand sovereignty, we misunderstand everything. And our relationship with Him is affected. But once we understand sovereignty, ah, we would want to be aligned with God. Number to believe that one of God's ultimate motivations is his love. It is similar to a father who disciplines his son in whom he loves. God dips, disciplines us out of his goodness. Yes, he would discipline us out of his goodness. Our response to his discipline should be thanksgiving and praise. 
Lord, you allowed this to happen. And deep inside, you know it was the Lord because you were so matigas ulo. And you're reaping the consequence of your sin. So what do you do? Lord, I thank you. Whatever happens, we know, I know you have a purpose and your will is good. And you can turn whatever evil thing that happened to me into something good. As early fathers, God expects us to, to discipline the children whom we love. But my fathers, my fellow fathers, I mean, we discipline with firmness, yet mix it with love and gentleness. No, I don't, gentle is not weak. I don't mean soften your voice. Be a father. So practice modulation at home, right? Mm. Son, what is that? So practice your modulation. Uh. Discipline, right? It's like a policeman, huh? What do you think if a policeman stops with a very soft voice? Hoy. <laughs> or, hoy! I mean, that shocks, right? No, I don't mean shout at your children. I, I do mean, son, did you do this? Then... If you see him uncomfortable. No. <laughs> if there was so much body language before the no. Take note. Each person is unique, but each person you'll be able to take note whenever they lie. There's a certain movement that you can follow. Now, each person, I guess, I believe is different. No, no, don't think. No, no, that, that, that is not barrier. That is street psychology. Okay, and each one is different. Not just because they touch their nose, they're lying. That's from the TV. Each one is unique. They act differently. Ah, we love our children. Our motivation must be love. We must discipline our children. Let us raise our children to be better than us in character. Number one in character. Amen. And that the hope there is if the if the foundation is Christ. The foundation must be Christ and the Holy Scriptures. Friends, don't just think your children are active in church. That's part of it because we are able to share the Word of God to them. That is part of it. Continue that. Then, as a family, talk about, like those of you who have been to the Roman road, talk about it in the family. You realize there's so much to discuss. You know, there's so much to, to go back to, to learn. And in the family, we can do that. We can learn and relearn. If there are questions, then send it to me. I'd be happy to answer questions aligned to the lesson. But establish them in the truth. But also don't be afraid. You have to test them. How strong their will is. How strong they reject temptation. So you have to release them to the world and watch them carefully. Watch them carefully. There are so many places you can watch carefully. One of it is the coffee table. Have coffee near the window. You can see everyone who walks down the road. You can see your child, always with a girl. <laughs> then you take note how many times this week. Another girl. And another. So you just say, are you 
just having friendships because pastor said at your age, only friendship, no romance, no puppy love or anything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, dad, yes, ma mom, uh, just friendship. Okay, good. But you see, you've been going out with this girl more than the others. Is that just friendship? Uh, um, well, you don't have to threaten them. All you want to say is, I'm watching you. But hey, why don't you bring them all here at home? I'll cook for them, all right? And your mom can interview each one of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's better to be close and talk about it. Sometimes if they don't want to talk about it, I crack it. Oh, I, I saw you, man. Uh, so what was that about? Huh? I crack it open and make them comfortable if they did something wrong in front of me. Because if they share something wrong, I don't immediately hit them on the head. I save that later. Uh, during the time of openness, I have to make them feel very comfortable. Okay, let's pray. We love them, fathers. We cannot be not interested. I'm not saying maki'alam. Maki'alam, yes, in the sense that we want them grounded in the word. I believe fatherhood is giving the right boundaries, yet giving them the free will to move within those boundaries. I believe in that, and you have to enforce those boundaries. Fathers, do not make threats you cannot keep. I don't like threatening my children, but if I do threaten them, I do it. When I say, you're going to lose that gadget if you disobey me, and I find again, you lose it. And they know what I mean. If I say you're grounded for a month, you cannot use any gadget for a month. You know that is torture for a teenager not being connected. It's torture for them. In our time, we just face the wall, right? <laughs> Teacher tells you face the wall. Mother tells you face the wall. Today, you take the gadget as if they're withdrawing, as if they're addicts, drug addicts, you know. They're out of touch. They don't know what the barcada is doing. They're not informed. That is torture. But don't change. If you say one month, do it one month. You don't say, Nakaawa naman. Ah, no, no, no. You are men. We are men of our words. We don't easily change our word. We keep it. If it's conditional, sure. You can only take this back if you put the conditions there. But be men of our word. Children must see that. Not yes now, no later. Don't say. They say you commit to something and then you don't. Others. We are not mothers. Do not act like the mother of the home. That place has been taken. Amen? Do not add to the high-pitched voice. It belongs to the mother. Who did this? See, that belongs to the mother. 
You're the quiet type doing reading. And then mommy comes to you. You need to talk to your son about this, this, this. Okay. And you have to compose carefully how you're going to talk and say. Then maybe that same day or a few days, then you invite your son or daughter. Is this true? Is this true? You don't jump into what mom said this. No, you, you, uh, is this true? Let them speak out. Because as fathers, we give them the space to try to justify themselves. Because one, two, three, I see. Okay, here's the deal. Here's how to deal with your mother. Listen, or at least pretend you're listening. <laughs> because male, uh, there's something about the male psyche. It's going to get tortured after a certain level. Let, I'm just letting you understand. It shuts down, literally shuts down. So uh, you just say, okay, mother, I got that. Uh, is there anything else? Usually she can't think of anything else once you say that. So is there anything else? I, I, got, I got your point. No, no more. Go ahead. Okay, usually that's one strategy. And uh, after she finishes, she'll be so tired. And you say, okay, mom, and leave gently. Don't leave abruptly. Leave gently and disappear into the wind. <laughs> but whatever she tells you, do it. You know, if she's concerned about these plates, always nobody washing, just wash it. Avoid the drama at home. Because mom, ha that's her role, putting things in order at home. And that's what dad wants, mom to take care of the home. We have this arrangement on major decisions. I will make the decisions that I will always consult my wife. But in the decisions at home, I give her freedom to buy what furniture she wants. She consults me every now and then. I find it a burden when she consults me, though, because I have to go to the, to the store and say, is this okay? Yeah, I said, anything you want is okay. So, but I give her the affirmation. Okay, I'll go with you. I'll drive you. And I said, okay, that one. That's great. This one is better than that. So that's what she needed to hear from me. So at times I, I give it. But if she's just looking for approval, it's not really consulting me. It's me saying, that's nice. Go ahead, choose that. Um, so that's why moms have to keep it in order. Fathers, you reinforce the home because that's where they have to learn discipline first. And then it transitions from the mother to the father as they grow older. So fathers, you have to be updated. The career is available today. The possible mentors they can have and connect them. Then the transition happens. They're, they're trained at home. Now they have to face the cruel world of career and business. So one time mom and dad talked to each other. And said, oh, your children, I'm having a hard time. They don't always listen to me. Sometimes they're hard-headed. Not always, but sometimes. So dad says, okay, uh, let me take care of this. So he brought a, a really nice toy. A toy that all his three kids would love. So he brought home the toy. And I said, okay, who do you think should have this? Who is the one who is the most obedient to mom and doesn't talk back to mom? Who deserves this? 
all three children looked at each other and said, you play with it, dad. <laughs> yeah, because at home, I trust my wife. If she tells me to do something at home, I support her. So that in the major decisions of life, she respects me for it. All right? Uh, do we understand each other? And I have defined the major things in life. The business will be in. The kind of car we'll have is my decision, not hers. And then um, where we're going to live, where we're going to locate, I decided it would be in Bicol, but I had to woo everyone. She would respect me, though, I know, even if I put my foot down. But I wanted her to be with her whole heart and my children, so I waited for them to say yes but it was my decision. Final decision is mine. Fathers, why do we make decisions? So we can be accountable. And because I delegated the home to my wife, take note, I delegated it. Anything goes wrong there, it's always my fault. Fathers, it's our fault. That's accountability, right? But trust me, after you're gone, they're going, your children will enshrine you and say, he was a good model to us. <clears throat> if you're ever in an argument with mommy saying it was your fault, the best way to end it is say, yes, it is my fault. Anything else? <laughs> you end the discussion. Trust me, it works. I have counseled so many. Uh, in fact, my, my favorite line is, I think you're right, sweetheart. Then if you add insult a little, I think you're always right. <laughs> uh, but I love you for that still. <laughs> the best thing is to engage them with encouragement. Can you say encouragement? encouragement. Vision. What's vision? Let them see their possible future. You know, you're good at this. There are possibilities for you. But don't be careful not to put your own dream in them. Your frustrated dream. You wanted to be an engineer. You did not become an engineer. You said, son, you should be an engineer. Don't do that. If he's terrible with math, don't let him be an engineer. If he doesn't get geometry, it will be a failure. Don't let him be a scientist or a doctor if he hates blood. He will be the first to faint in the operating room. You're setting him up for failure. Don't be with the trends. Everybody's doing this. Oh, we come from a family of lawyers. Your grandfather is a lawyer. Your uncles are lawyers. Your father is a lawyer. You should be a lawyer. Difficult to be a lawyer when you're an artist, really. There was this lawyer who set up an ad agency. Nobody believed in him. He was asking, did you like my presentation? And many of his clients said, yeah, but we didn't hire you because we could not imagine a lawyer doing this thing for us. So he stopped introducing himself as a lawyer. I had another friend who's a, who's a good lawyer. He's my lawyer. And he said, you know, I, I really want to help schools, universities. 
then don't introduce yourself as a lawyer. Be the expert in education, establishing schools. Market yourself that way, but you happen to be a lawyer. And that worked for him, and he had many clients. And then when they found out, you happen to be a lawyer? Can you do the law some lawyering for us? Don't force them if they're not skilled at that, please. Engage them, encourage them, give them hope. Whenever they fail, don't be the first one to destroy their self-esteem. No, no, no. If ever they fail in school, you say, that's all right, son. Your card is more colorful right now. Before it's always black. Now there is red. How can I help you? Let's be a team. How can I help you get out of this? You need tutorials. You need, I'll give you the best. You need me to help you. I'll help you. Get them out of that. But don't depress them by saying everything should be in line of 90. You just say, I would appreciate it if everything was 100. But, you know, I'm not expecting you. No pressure, uh, really. But I would really think it would be great. Uh, now you have to stop it. Stop saying, oh, naka 98, kaya di mo pa ginawang 100. Stop it. Stop it, stop it. It destroys their confidence. You just say, good work, son. Whenever my sons have high grades, and uh, I always say, good work. But remember that life is not about grades, but good work. I like high grades, but it's not about grades, Remember. Yeah, I have to put that there because they might think it's all about grades and they, they, they get depressed in the real world. I've hired so many. No, not really many, but critical. Sometimes vice presidents of companies. A company would call me. I need your consultancy. What do I do? Screen these potential vice presidents. Most of the presentations. We don't care if they were cum laudes, magna, summa. We really don't care. You know what we ask? What have you done? While you were in school, what were you able to do? What projects helped the community? We want to see if they can lead, if they can think. Then we give them a case. If I have this problem, what will you do? What will you advise me? We, we test their critical reasoning. If they don't pass that, they're nobody. You think it's about the grade? Discipline them, shape them. But fathers, we must be updated with what's happening in the world. It's not the same world anymore. The world is changing. In India, many call centers are going out of work because of artificial intelligence. The future is here. The future is here. My friend Glenn Baticados of, of, of UP Los Banos, he heads one of the development research there. He was in Japan, it says, I can see it with my own eyes. Robots walking from the front desk back. They can understand you. A sample was given in a conference. They called an AI, and the AI answered perfectly, including with the human, human emotion-like responses. Um, do you have this kind of service 
Mm-hmm, let me see. That's the AI talking. It's not like, please wait for a while. I will check the database. And while you are waiting, please listen to some very good music by Mozart. So it's... I've been practicing that just in case I need to communicate with them. Uh, <laughs> hope, love, love that is tough, love that is gentle, love that inspires, love that corrects, and discipline. As children of God, let us be good sons and daughters to the Father as well. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless your name. We thank you for today's Father's Day, and we have learned your goodness and your grace. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us all rise. We'll skip the last song. It's a bit late. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. Happy Father's Day. Good afternoon. You may go.